Welcome to ASP Stuff Radio, the internet radio show where we talk about stuff that no other podcasts are talking about, like turkey masturbation, the origins of the word Jeopardy, the hidden truth that cats rule the universe, and the evolutionary development of Lawrence Krauss's neck jowl, and Giants baseball. Today is Wednesday, St. Patrick's Day. I'm your green host, Alborado. Joining me are my two San Francisco Giants baseball experts, Paulato and Steve Ocrates. Welcome. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah. Good (laughs) summation of the range of topics covered by ASP Radio. Exactly. Very wide, extensive range. (laughs) From turkey masturbation to the origins of life. Uh, the, question is, the question is, are you wearing green today? I am not. Uh, like you're decked out in Giants gear in front, oh. of, in front of whatever it's called now, Oracle Park. Oracle Park, well, yeah. He's got grass in the background there. So there you go. I got a green, green you know. grass in the back, but I'm, all, yeah. I'm wearing a bl- orange and black. I figure today's topic is the Giants spring training baseball, which is uh, the middle of spring training, Mad March. Opening day is uh, two weeks from tomorrow. So they're, they're getting down to the last couple of weeks. But before we get into yeah. that, since it's St. Patty's Day, you guys want to play a little quick game? Okay. All right. St. <laughs> Patty's. Get into it. All right. Yeah. You guys have uh, some, uh, you have to answer these questions. St. Patty's Day these are fun facts as well. Each of the leaves... That, well, first of all, did you guys catch a leprechaun or find a four-leaf clover today? I stepped on one. <laughs> I stepped, stepped on a leprechaun. Oh, no, that's bad luck. Oh. Uh, yeah. Ooh. So the four-leaf clover. Each of the leaves yeah. of a four-leaf clover actually signify different things. What are those things that they signify? Hmm. Mm. It's luck. Eh. Truth. Eh. Integrity. Eh. And youth. Paleto? Uh, earth, wind, fire, and air. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. No. First is hope. Second is faith. Third is love. And the fourth is happiness. Oh, that was close. Not really. No. Yeah, not no. Really. And then that's one more. Legend has it that if you catch a green leprechaun, which in Old Irish translates to little body, and torture the hell out of him or her, he will tell you where he's hiding his pot of gold. Usually it is stashed at the end of a fill in the blank. Rainbow. Very good. Very good. Ah, <laughs> yeah, I knew that. Of, I, I'm good for something. Of course, rainbows are optical illusions. They don't actually physically exist, so you won't find any gold. Just bent but light. Bent actually, light. metaphysically they exist. In, in your, your mind, mind man. man. There's photons there. and There are photons, so physically water. they do exist. They do, see? Einstein would argue with you. Mm. Huh. Any other St. Patrick's Day trivia? No, that was it. Oh. <laughs> That's as much research as I did. <laughs> I thought there was going to be a Lucky Charms question or no. something. <laughs> What's your favorite yeah. Lucky Charms marshmallow? Mm. The blue one. Was that the clover or... <laughs> I like the pink one. The pink one had some bite. I like the horseshoe. Actually, I was alive when it was a new marshmallow. <laughs> I remember <laughs> they, the intro- ad- <laughs> they introduced the new marshmallow, and every all the little kids got excited. Uh, did <laughs> this you was prefer- about thirty years ago? <laughs> and uh, you know, that's the last time they introduced one. 
Did, did you prefer the marshmallows before they were soaked in 100% whole milk? Or, or did you like it settled in after an hour, returning to your bowl, and you found that most of it has disintegrated it into a sloppy mush? I, I prefer crunch. Crunch, so. Really? Yeah, have a hard, stale I, marshmallow. I, I never liked I the stale. I could never eat it before milk was introduced into my bowl of Lucky Charms. I had it. It had to be in within five minutes at the nice, smooth texture, not too soggy, not too firm. That's the best time to eat your marshmallows. But then the grainy oat bites, wouldn't the, those be all sogged up? Yeah, I mean? that's true. You got to time yeah. it right. You don't want the marshmallows too soggy, nor do you want the cereal <laughs> cookie version, whatever you call that. <laughs> what were they? Were they that, letters? That was, that was 80s nutrition at its best. <laughs> healthy that, breakfast. That, that's Sugary sweets. Eat candy and sugar with whole 100% milk. <laughs> None of that fat-free, watered-down milk. Yeah. That's why we're yeah. so strong these days. Yeah, they would say it was part of a balanced breakfast by putting a picture of it next to, like, toast and orange <laughs> juice yeah. and all this other healthy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You know who that is? Uh, can There you go. You got a wow, clip. Tarzan? Yeah. Whenever someone yawns, uh, Kruko would do his Tarzan impression. <laughs> so I figure that's a great segue. Sports! We're going to talk about sports! As I said, we're in the middle of March, and as you know, spring training is in full swing. So for this episode, we will focus on the San Francisco Giants, or spring training in general. Naturally, all of us are Giants fans, some more fanatic than others. I figured Pauleto will get us started since his brain is filled with millions of historical giant stats and facts and has been endowed by the gracious baseball gods with baseball lore. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we could, uh, you know, talk about baseball in general and just this, this is going to be a big transition year because Kruk and Kipe last year couldn't do the Tarzan thing because there were no fans that's right to, to yawn no what about cardboard cutouts did any of them were like this <laughs> <laughs> that would have been nice yeah yeah oh, their mouth wide open yeah. no I don't, I don't think so there's so, someone so, should, should do a cutout like this we should send one in how do we get that done uh, i think we should do uh, that. not this year because because they're at least as of now they're anticipating having fans for opening day at, at all the California parks. Um, Do we know what the capacity level is? Or right allowance? now, I think they're hoping to get up to twenty percent, no more than that. But that would be a, a pretty big thing. That'd be about what fifteen thousand, maybe yeah. spaced out. Does that mean the prices go up eighty percent? Oh, I'm sure those are going to be some expensive tickets. So yeah, that's the big thing is is baseball is getting back to having fans and, and they're still going to have to deal with all these COVID protocols and broadcasters probably not being able to travel and everything. But it's going to be an interesting year of transition. And because of that, there's it's still this mentality of baseball that they're trying out new things to see what works. And so I thought we could start by talking about some of the potential rule changes and, and things that they are going to try out first you know we get into they like to test things out in the minor leagues now so that's that's kind of how they're they're doing it it's one of the changes that they're going to try out is like a bigger base so instead of the 
current size of the base that's in the majors, they'll expand the minor league base to be like an inch and a half bigger to hopefully prevent injuries. So they're trying again safety first for the players so they're not stepping on each other's feet. Are these bases um, first base, second base, third base, or home base? Yeah, all... not home plate. Okay, home plate <laughs> I was like, they're going to make a strike zone. <laughs> no, and they hope that this will also promote players trying to steal bases more because uh, there'll be slightly mm. shorter distance between uh, first and second. So you, you might get some more aggressive base stealing. The other thing is pitchers have to step off the plate, the rubber, the pitching rubber, in order to do a pickoff throw, instead of doing like that sneaky uh, lift your leg and still throw to first, you got to completely step off the rubber to make a pickoff throw. So that that makes it a little easier for the base runner to try to go to second, right? So a bigger lead. question, why would they want to change that? That is to promote more action in the game. Get, get the pitchers to not keep throwing over to first, slowing the game down, pick up the pace of play, and then promote more base stealing. That's what, what I get out of it. I, you know, I see that as a huge, that could be a huge advantage for a base stealer and a huge distraction for a pitcher. And the other thing is they're going to limit the p- number of throws you can make to two per at bat. I think this is going to be in like, I'm not sure which level in the minors, maybe double A, but they're going to try that out. So is this not at the big league level no. yet? Okay, got it. No, these are not at the big. These are all minor league level things, but they're trying just, them out just to, to try see. it out. Yeah. Right. So clarified, okay. they're limiting the amount of throws that the pitcher can make to pick up pick off a potential stealer. Yeah. Okay. At first base. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'll try that out. Um, they also do a 15 pitch second pitch clock in in the low minors, like low A class again to pick up the pace and then also have auto strike zone robo strike zone in in low a the biggest change that i see that could come to the majors at some point very soon is a defensive shift rules so a lot of people have been talking about the shift this year and possibly banning it even buster posey actually came out and said he would really be in favor of the major leagues looking to get rid of these shifts where you have like three infielders on one side of the infield trying to cut down on, you know, these batters who just pull the ball all the time. They want to see if they can reward hitters for hitting the ball. Well, you know, not have it hit right to somebody and standing in shallow right field and throwing them out. So in double A, they're going to have a rule for the first half of their season where you have to be on the dirt, the infield dirt, when you're playing infield. So you can't go into the outfield grass at all. Um, Because then you would no longer be playing your position, right? You could still move, it sounds like, to the other side of the field, you know, Mm -hmm. the other side of second base. But you have to be on the dirt. So you have to be in the infield dirt. Well, yeah. that makes sense. They'd likely still have defensive shifts, but they'd just kind of all be in the dirt part of the field. Yeah. But then for the second half of the year, from what I heard, is they're going to have an actual restriction on playing on the other side of the field. So you can't go, if you're a shortstop, you can't go on the second base side. Mm-hmm. So that would be uh, actual, even more restrictive defensive rules. So they're going to try those things out, see how they work. 
but there's been a lot of like even Larry Bear and the Giants, I think, are in favor of these types of things. Like they've they're looking to try to get more action in the game. Get because what they're trying to cut down on is this whole idea of there being three outcomes. You have either a home run, a strikeout, or a walk. That's like the majority of at bats now because everyone's trying to hit the ball in the outfield over the fence. So they're more likely to strike out. And they're taking a lot of pitches, so there's a lot of walks that are that there are. There's not a lot of balls put in play. I think there was a study that showed that like there's three and a half minutes between actual balls put in play in an average major league game, hmm. which is that's a long time without having any action. So that they're trying to look at. I don't know. Get you guys rid of about it, but. Get rid of foul territory and add uh, fielders in foul territory. No, um, allow the ball to be actually. Play. Is that is that true that walks are up? I didn't realize it. Yeah, there's more walks, more strikeouts, and more home runs on average than ever, really. And that's because of uh, analytics. Yeah, but they think a lot of this defensive shifts is is really what's prompting that too. Um, I'm kind of mixed on it because I feel like you, how can you restrict a fielder from playing in the outfield? Like sometimes, like if you're facing a big hitter like Aaron Judge or Stanton, you don't want to be in the infield dirt. They might hit a hard ground ball. You need to be a little bit in the outfield to to really get to any ground so, ball. Yeah, I'm getting a mixed message. Are they trying to promote shorter games or more offense? Why don't they just add another outfielder to cover that space in between the sh- you know the shortstop and the left fielder or whatever? They, they no, don't they're, want. they're trying to promote more action. They want hitters to try to not just hit the ball in the outfield. They want them to try to just hit it in the ground and not get you okay. know because there's no incentive to hit the ball on the ground at all. You're I, gonna be. I think they want to see more bloopers. They want to see professional athletes let the ball roll underneath their legs. <laughs> or make funny moves, trying I to get the ball in the ground. That. They want it to be funnier. They want to see action. They want to see Crawford do yeah. some spectacular mm. plays. There you yeah. go. Yeah. That's true. That would be promoted by doing that. Yeah. So it could be, so be, because you're promoting more action, you could have uh, shorter games still because it could be hit at uh, right. players. So you, yeah. It, yeah, so it could be good or for, for the length of the game or not. So I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah, I think there is this change coming where so guys like Theo Epstein, who was used to be the GM for the Cubs and and the Red Sox before that, he's actually in part in the MLB front office, MLB office, league office. And he's openly talked about how I'm one of the people that made the game turn into the way it is, where it's all analytics. But I want to see if we can do something to try to get the game back to being what it used to be, where it was about putting the ball in play, seeing great defensive plays, having a lot of action. So that's what they're trying. I think that's what this is all about. For the majors this year, so remember last year there was a DH, designated hitter, in the National League. They're not going to have that this year, at least that's the decision right now. They're going to continue that three-batter minimum rule for pitchers, which I know, Alvarado, you are not a big fan of. No. No. You got to let the game naturally take its course. Yeah. They're going to continue the runner at second base in extra innings. Uh, 
How is that fair? How is that fair? You just give a player an automatic run. I recall that's cost the Giants a couple of games, maybe more than that. Yeah, I think there was a game that we were podcasting during last year against the Padres. Giants came back, tied it in the bottom of the ninth. They had all the momentum on their side. And they had to go to the tenth inning. The Padres get a runner at second, and they Ooh. end up scoring like five runs and win that yeah. game. Wow. That's... I definitely remember that one. Yeah, that five runs, and it was just so like they a, they changed yeah. the rules of the game because of COVID nineteen, which gave a particular party or baseball team an advantage to win the election. I mean, the game. Uh, is there an analogy oh, here? <laughs> it wasn't favoring any team, although the Giants actually benefited from having the DH because their roster was built for it. This year, they actually have a roster built for having a DH and not having it isn't gonna is gonna hurt them a little bit. The other rule that's continuing is the seven inning double headers. So if you do have a double header, you'll You'll, it'll be a short game. And again, I mean, we're still dealing with COVID, so I understand some of this stuff. They're trying to keep the players safe, but it's yeah. tough. I heard one one of the biggest uh, losses in, in the MLB in light of COVID-19 is now players are not allowed to spit out their uh, sunflower seeds in the in the their little dugout. I don't there. think that would really was enforced at all. <laughs> they were told I re- I thought not that, to, but I yeah. don't know. I think they were spitting. <laughs> I don't remember not seeing people spit. Yeah. I we didn't watch Madison Bumgarner that no. much. So I don't know. It's not rockets were flying. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Do you think that, uh, Bumgarner was still doing a lot of snot rockets with the D backs? I I don't. I have to check out the highlights. Um, what, what he did. I'm sure. I, I didn't notice it. He only pitched against the Giants, I think, once, and I didn't see any any particulates come out of that nose, but. <laughs> Do you think he'd be considerate? Uh, you know, nah. especially considering COVID. It's right? bum. He's from the deep south. He doesn't care. Yeah, <laughs> not rock it away, and then rock it high away. five and butt slap his peers. So I don't. They think uh, Steve Ockertes. You had a clip that you wanted to play about. Yeah. So Paulito covered a, a lot of it, but we'll, we'll glean off what what we can. If you watched last year's sixty game season, it's a lot of the same protocols. That includes masks and social distancing and really elaborate diagrams of where people should be on the field for every drill. So they've really thought through everything. Like in terms of if you're doing first and third drills, where should everyone on the field be to sort of social distance? So it's incredibly thorough. There are some changes from last year. Probably most notably is that they ramped up sanctions for players who break protocol. We haven't seen specific sanctions yet, but we have seen players already sort of forced into isolation Forced is maybe too strong a word because the players came forward, but a couple of players on the Indians um, are isolating right now uh, after breaking COVID-19 protocols because there is sort of a stricter overview. Like, they're, guys, they're wearing they're wearing these, like, monitor bracelets that the NBA wore. So huh. the big update is sort of just that 
you know, rather than just asking people to do this, they're really taking it seriously and it lays out room for, for punishment. Hannah, there were some significant rule changes in the shortened 2020 season. And originally the league wanted to keep some of those rules, but the players union rejected their proposal. What were those rules and why were the players against it? So some of the rules are back, most notably seven inning doubleheaders and the runner on second in extra innings, my least favorite of every oh, rule. Me too, I hate that. I- hate that. It's so arbitrary. Those are both back as sort of safety measures. So those were included in sort of these health and safety protocols, allowing for the possibility that games might need to get rescheduled if there is, for instance, an outbreak. Um, We saw 45 games rescheduled during the 60-game season last year, not 45 of 60, but 45 of all the team's games. And so rescheduled games is a real possibility, which is why both sides agreed to the seven-inning doubleheader and this extra runner on second base and extra innings to keep games from getting way too long. They did not agree. The big sort of hang-up in the labor negotiations this year was between the designated hitter in the National League, which they had last year, and which will almost certainly be back in the next CBA when it gets renegotiated this offseason. So the designated hitter not in, and then neither do we have the expanded postseason that we had last year. So last year, on opening day, it was kind of crazy. They announced uh, that there would be a huge postseason field. I think it was 16 teams, more than half, bigger than it's ever been before. And the league wanted that for the sort of very obvious, very literal reason. More postseason teams means more playoff games, means more postseason revenue because playoff games are worth way more than regular season games from like a broadcast perspective. So the league really wanted that to recoup some of their losses. Everybody took hits economically in a pandemic year. And the players want the designated hitter. It creates another valuable role. So another 15 designated hitters means 15 power hitting guys who are more likely to get big deals because they don't have to sort of accommodate their maybe liable defense. And there was a huge sort of standoff between these two sides. And the end result is it doesn't look like we're going to get either of those things. Now, like I said, we're going to renegotiate the entire CBA next offseason. So burning in my chest. There we go. couple extra points there. So this just for a little back bit of background, a nasal PR affiliated show from New York, uh, the takeaway between the host there, I, I forget the name, and some lady, Hannah Kaiser, who's like a sports baseball expert. The takeaways there are that uh, designated hitter no longer on for the National League, just like Paulito mentioned, and potentially could be back in future seasons, depending on negotiations between the players and the owners. And then the players could negotiate to have expanded playoffs. They could add both of those back in. So like she was saying, 2020, they had this expanded number of playoff teams, playoff games. um, And then last season, uh, National League had a DH. So those were like the things that they couldn't agree on for this season. So they won't have those this time around. Yeah, there. I think this is going to be the last year that there's no DH in the National League. I mean, I, I don't see that going forward. I think the expanded playoffs, they still give it a chance. It's not likely at this point, which really hurts the Giants because that's really probably their only chance of making the playoffs. But I don't think we're going to see pitchers hit beyond this year. But I, I think I kind of hear what she's saying. You know, I think the expanded so for the expanded playoffs, yeah, I guess that's bad news for the 2021 Giants. But maybe she's saying going after 2022 when they renegotiate all these collective bargaining agreement rules 
between the players and owners, then they would have that as a possibility. Yeah, it's a, they, these are the two biggest bargaining chips because DH means more money for the players to sign because you have more opportunities to have people like power hitters play on these teams who can't really play defense. So that's more money for the players. And then expanded playoffs kind of hurts the players a little bit because now teams, organizations can make the playoffs even if they have worse records, which means you could argue that you could pay your players less, have a team that has a lower payroll, like the Marlins or the A's, and, and still make the playoffs. So that's ah. why these are bargaining chips. Ah, so I, I didn't get that perspective. So yeah, so that that's kind of worse off for the players because it's less incentive and less dollars. That's why they're keeping it all open this year. So they can. it's going to be a fight after this year. I'm hoping there's no strike, but there is a possibility. So there's oh. the part that Alvarado loves so much, the business, business. part of baseball. <laughs> the other thing I didn't mention is the baseball has changed. The baseball itself? Yep. The baseball itself. Major League Baseball has kind of deadened the baseball what, so that it, it won't travel as far. What do you mean? It's not it's made of yarn and juice. cowhide? Or what is it made out of now? It's the same materials. It's just the way they kind of wind up the seams. Mm-hmm. I think it's less tight. So it on average, won't fly as far. Um, it's yeah. made with duck down. You mean the were, were these baseballs made in uh, Venezuela? Or were they made by uh, Dominion Machines? <laughs> no, there's a, a manufacturer. I, can't, I think it's a Spalding. Yeah, I think it's Spalding. One, one of those big sporting companies makes it. But they're advised how to make it, and so they're making it in a way that it won't fly as far. How is that fair? <laughs> so, Why don't they just toss a bowling ball at them? Yeah, so that's oh, interesting. Rawling, here you go. Rawlings in Costa Rica, I'm told, is where it's uh, not very close to Venezuela. Yeah, it's not too far <laughs> off. I wonder if they're tied to the voting, de- voting machines. I don't Should- know. Maybe there's a connection here. Just real quick, before we get into like the Giants-specific aspect, I do want to mention, so for baseball, like we were talking about, the expanded playoffs, there's, there's likely not to be that. So the teams that are expected to do well this year, I mean, obviously the Yankees and the AL East, 81% odds for baseball prospectus to win it this year, to win their division. Then you got the Twins in the Central, the Astros in the AL West. And and that's another storyline to look at is are the Astros going to get booed and vilified by whatever fans are in the stadiums or have people kind of forgotten about their whole thing last year? So we'll see how that goes. NL East, the Mets are favored to win. In the Central, it's the Brewers. They don't have very high odds. Um, I actually like the Cardinals better than anybody in that division. And then the NL West is Dodgers for sure, but Padres should be closely behind them. So those are the projections so far. Giants are kind of projected to win like 75 games. I think that's too low. I think the Giants will win more. And Padres and Dodgers will probably beat each other up, but they're still going to be up there at the top. So the Giants, again, without that expanded playoffs, it's going to be tough for them. But on, in spring training, everybody feels like they have a chance. So right now, Giants are feeling good about themselves. 
and Alvarado's been on the ground observing the territory. So what's your uh, report from the from the scene at Scottsdale Stadium? Well, I, last week I wanted to attend a game. I think it was the Giants versus the Rockies. I wanted to go buy a single ticket, but they did not allow me to. They told me I had to buy two or four tickets, so... Yeah, I asked why. I said they said it was COVID nineteen related. I fig- and I told them, well, I'm not sick, and I'm the only one. One person is least likely that I'll spread something, you know, versus having two people. Asymptomatic. Um. So I I was denied entry, and then uh, but then sh- she told me that if I did buy two tickets, I'd have to take a uh, health exam or health survey, download an app twelve hours before the game. They don't allow paper tickets. You have to use your phone to display your tic- ticket, assuming you have a mobile phone, which I think is technoism. It's discriminating against people who <laughs> don't believe in having cell phones. Seating is yeah. limited. Se- seating is very limited, at least in Scottsdale Stadium. They will only host no more than a 1,000 fans per game. You're not allowed to bring bags or purses, including man purses. They're not allowed, so sorry, all of you metrosexual men. No disgusting, dirty, coronavirus-infected cash. So even if, even if I <laughs> could pay for tickets, I, I need to show up, bust out some plastic credit cards because they're allegedly free of germs and bacteria. And, that the, and the employee said that in the future, the stadium will eventually transition to mobile-only payments. So I had a conversation about that. And then uh, I think the biggest loss for all baseball fans during spring training you can no longer watch Giants train on the days that they're scheduled to play, nor can you watch them train before the official spring training season begins. So, you know, Steve Ocrates and I, before the week before they actually start playing games, they'll train every day for a couple hours. We could see them do batting practice, pitching drills. So that's not allowed. Um, nobody is allowed into the stadium for free after the seventh inning without a ticket. And even if you do have tickets, you're not allowed to move to different seats after the seventh inning. Um, you're not allowed to roam around the stadium throughout the nine innings unless you need to use a restroom or purchase food. And of course, you have to wear a mask at all times unless you are actively eating and drinking your adult beverage. So that's what I noticed when I was on the ground and I talked to some employees. Um, it was very gated, seemed secure, far away from the ticket center or the entryway. It's guarded. Um, I did discover an interesting secret spot, which I will not tell you where. It's located in Scottsdale, Arizona, where you can actually see the game for free. That's not too far we away. Were, we were texted it, so Paul Edo and Steve Ocrates have that highly <laughs> secure information. So that was the only blessing in disguise. I was able to find a spot where I can watch the game for free, unimpeded, with my free will, and join... And- I'm okay to share it. So Alvarado has a hot air balloon and he <laughs> goes over the stadium and yes, watches it yes, from there. There you go. That only works though if there's no fans in the lawns, right? The lawn yeah, area yes. you can seat through. Right. So there's no lawn seating anymore. Um, no uh, young kids guzzling down pitchers of beer. So without that huge, large crowd, I was it was easier for me to see the game from my secret hidden spot. <laughs> Alvarado used to be one of those young go- beer Back guzzlers. Back in the day, I used to drink out a couple of adult beverages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a, a gold mine. I, I didn't realize talking about watching the the practices. Yeah, uh, I didn't know about that. I don't know how long Alvarado knew about it when, at the time, he had moved 
to Arizona and then finding that out uh, and then being able to get that close to the players and then being able to roam around the stadium after the seventh inning, even during those practices, right? You can go anywhere you want and then you can talk to the ushers and that stadium is a lot smaller, right? Than the one in your background there, Oracle Park. It's so small and you have that local feel. So that is so disappointing because I have my own baby being of my own and knowing that the future is, is as Woody Allen would say, bleak Bleak. for spring training. Um, Also, you can't uh, ask for signatures anymore. That's a big thing. But that was was going on. Baby Bean, that's something as, you know, as a youngster, you Mm. aspire to play baseball and be like one of these players and not being able to do that. You know, gosh. I'm wondering if they've, you have to pay for pre-signed uh, baseballs <laughs> from your select favorite. That's probably how it's going to work. Yeah, yeah exactly. They just throw the ball up in the air. and Now that, <laughs> that's, that's a violation of COVID-19. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take a while to get back to all that because right now not even like reporters and broadcasters can, can go talk to the players on the field. So there's all the Zoom interviews so i think until those things start to change i mean it's going to be this limited access to the players and and all that so hopefully it's just a one-year thing we can get through all that but i don't know we'll we'll have to see (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know maybe it could be like you know you write your congressman type thing you kind of write the owners of of the team and you know hey uh, i'd like my youngster to be able to go through something like that and maybe eventually it's, once yeah there's a lot yeah. that's gonna go into all that in different state i was telling alberato if you probably go to talking stick or wherever the texas rangers play um, you can probably get on the field pretty easily and or get tickets or go to the games i think the giants probably are going to be one of the more strict stadiums to get into and, and all of spring training there's definitely more fans allowed in other stadiums for this year that was so those regulations are only pertaining to scottsdale stadium and according to yeah. someone else i talked to it's not as strict at the camelback east phoenix stadium where mm-hmm. the dodgers are playing are you thinking like they'd had some, something similar where after the seventh inning you could just stroll in just like what the giants had before Probably, I think in some. I bet you could do that at Talking Stick or even Glendale. I'm sure they wouldn't care. You just probably walk in and go whenever you want. I don't think they're as strict there. So in terms of the Giants, so that's their spring training situation. Like they're having to deal with all those protocols, testing and everything. I thought we could maybe talk about their potential roster for opening day and get a little preview of how they might do. And then maybe we can give our things to look for this season and and projections for how we think they're going to do. Give our win totals if we want to at the end. For the roster, the infield is going to be likely this is what is expected, right? So first base, you know, we haven't seen, I don't know if you've watched the spring training games or any this year or listened to any, but Brandon Belt hasn't played a, a single game. He hasn't had a single at bat. Um, apparently he got sick with COVID in January. Uh, he fully recovered from that, but then got mono, I think, uh, shortly yeah. before spring training or, or right when it was starting. And so he's going to have to catch up big time with only two weeks left before opening day. I, I 
don't know if he's going to make the roster. So he's he's got to catch up a lot. I, I think if he doesn't make the roster um, in time, because he did miss like the first week of last season, he might miss the first week, which is okay. I mean, it's a longer season. They could call uh, bring up this guy, Jason Vossler, who they signed, who's a longtime minor leaguer in the Padres system, but he's been hitting really well in spring training probably better than than anybody really consistently and he can play first base or third base but belt might not be ready so for second base it, it's likely going to be uh tommy la stella what? <laughs> what about donovan signed, solano well they'll probably share a time so la stella is like a jack of all trades he can pl- pretty much play any position in the infield so he'll probably share time with Solano at second, but I think Lestella is going to be the main guy at second base unless he's playing a different position than Solano would play second. And I think they'll try to keep Solano at second base rather than moving him around as much as they did last year because he really didn't have a good defensive year last year. Hmm. That actually leads to my question I wanted to pose at Palato. It kind of might go out on a tangent. Yeah. Uh, so I read about this because I like Solano. And so he's probably, in my eyes, one of the best offensive hitters for the Giants. And he actually won the first Silver Slugger Award last year for the short, shortened 2020 season. Um, so far this spring season, training season, he was, I think, 19 at-bats. And he has zero strikeouts, 10 hits, putting him at a clean batting average of 526. And then last hey. last month in February, the San Francisco Giants organization won their arbitration case against Solano. They established his 2021 salary at $3.25 million, so $650,000 less than what Solano was asking. And I should note that it was the Giants' first arbitration case in 18 years since A.J. Pierzynski in 2003, where, where he won his case. So my question to you is, first, for our audience who might not be familiar with arbitration, can you explain that and what that is in baseball? And second, do you think that Solano should have won his case, given that he is the Giants' most popular player with a remarkably strong and consistent offensive record? And maybe another somewhat related question. Alvarado has done his research. <laughs> somewhat related question is what would be the reasons why the Giants didn't give Solano his um, asking price? Well, so <laughs> you're on point with all of that. And A.J. Pruszynski is the last time. And a lot of Giants fans don't like A.J. Pruszynski, so they don't care about his situation. But yeah, with Solano... So the Giants have always tried to avoid going to arbitration, so they usually will sign, come to some agreement with the player and the player's agent and, and just sign a contract, right, when, when they're eligible for arbitration and avoid this whole situation. Arbitration is a, it's a, it's a court proceeding, pretty much. It's like a negotiation to see, okay, well, Giants can't decide on what the price tag should be. The player has their what they want. So they need a third party uh, or arbiter to determine, okay, what should the contract be? So they listen to arguments from both sides, like a, like a court proceeding, right? You have the different sides arguing, and then the arbiter is going to decide what the final contract is going to be. And so in this case, they say the Giants won because they made a case that the arbitrator or arbiter, whatever the right term is, 
decided to go with what the Giants were arguing should be the price tag. Solano was not too offended. I mean, he, he was happy with the contract that he got because it's more money than he's ever made. And the Giants, they did give him an opportunity that he didn't get with Florida. So I think he's happy with the contract. It's just it had it was the first time for whatever reason that they went to arbitration. I, I think Solano's agent probably thought they could win by going that route. Um, but he did lose out on that, you know, what you said, 600000 on what he could have made. Yeah. But that's really how it works. But the Giants don't like to go to arbitration. Probably They probably have gone less than any other team in, in all of baseball 18 years without doing that. So, Do you think it had something to do with his... Um, so we all agree that he's remarkable offensively, but do you think it's also because he, he wasn't I'm that sure great that with his defense? Up. Like, eh, well, he's... Glove that's made out of stone. Yeah. Well, you suck at defense, so yeah. <laughs> if you can make a better twenty-five k, those errors add up. Yeah, it cost them some game. Uh, yeah, there were a couple of games that they needed. He cost them, and they didn't make the playoffs last year. So by one game, so mm-hmm. I'm sure that that stuff came up. Yeah. So then for third base, it's going to be Evan Longoria, uh, shortstop course Crawford um, and then the backup would be Wilmer Flores for the infield and then of course Listel is going to play all over the place um, so that's your infield I don't know how you guys feel about that infield but I think it's pretty good I, I agree uh, you still have Crawford and, and uh, Longoria and, and the guys that you depend on Wait, long, uh, I, long, I mean are they tailing off I suppose or, or are they still on the up and up I don't know they had really good years last year, so they're banking on them repeating that. So we'll see if they can. So uh, Longo's for third base. Yeah, he's yeah. third base. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so Posey's back. Well, he oh, had yeah. to Posey oh, into catcher. Okay. So uh, catcher right. Buster Posey is back. He took a year off last year with when he had those uh, adopted those twins that were premature newborns and to avoid any risk so he's back and should be healthy wait i got i got go. some news updates uh i think posey had some issues with his back today now did he so maybe he's gonna take a few days off to to get right i'm sure they're gonna be stiffness. he felt some yeah. stiffness i think okay well we so are getting to catcher right so i don't know uh, we have Joey Bart to talk about, right? Yeah, he's a good. Yeah, he's probably gonna. They, they. He's not even on the main roster right now, so he's gonna be in AAA to start the season. It's gonna be Kurt Casali, who they signed from from the Reds, who's gonna be their main backup catcher, and then even above him, above Bart is is gonna be um the the guy they had last year. What was his name? Trump, Chadwick Trump. Oh yeah, remember him. Oh, yeah, Trump! But he's not. He might not make the roster if, if Posey's healthy. Yeah, Bart. Uh, I don't think did as well as he could have last year. No, he struggled. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess there's reasons why he's they're holding him back. It's unfortunate, yeah, he's but far yeah. at bats in the minors, he just hasn't had enough experience there. Although he is a good opposite hit player. Bart does have a good opposite field approach at times. He does. If he, if he makes contact, doesn't strike out, it, he <laughs> yeah. hits well. In he, theory. Does, he does In strike theory. out a lot. Yeah. And Posey did say that he was staying loose uh, last year by 
throwing dirty diapers at his other kids. <laughs> oh. Kept his arm. Very good. Kept his uh, his arm in cat catch steel mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for outfield, we have Mr. Dependable, Mike Yastrzemski in right field, Dubon in center field, Dickerson in left field. Although it's likely he's not going to start opening day because I guess the Mariners already announced their opening day starter, and he's going to be a left-hander, so Alex Dickerson's left-handed. So what that means is it's going to be the 14th straight year where the Giants have a different starting left fielder since Barry Bonds. They still haven't had somebody start left field two years in a row since Barry Bonds. Any word on Austin Slater? He should make the roster. He's been hitting well so far in limited spring training action, but he he should be on on the roster. And then Darren Ruff should be the other backup, unless that Lamont Wade Jr. guy who they traded for makes it. So Ruff's kind of on the end of that. You know, he's got to prove himself. He's one of the guys that probably really needed the DH to solidify his position. Dickerson being a weaker defensive player, obviously. That's why he'd have to sub out. Yeah, I mean, he's got, they're going to platoon everybody, but Yaz should be there every day, playing either right field or center field. And then Dubon should be in there. Dickerson's probably going to be the guy they sub out with Slater uh, and Ruff. How's, how's Yaz doing spring-wise? I have to look at his stats, but I'm sure he's gonna be ready that that's that's one of the key things to look for is is if he's gonna have another potential mvp type season like last year can he do it for a full 162 i don't know it's hard to keep up think. isn't that yeah, the guy that performance isn't yeah the guy that dropped the ball in outfield <laughs> alvarado will never forget about that one <laughs> game and that one ball I don't. Does Giants ownership or uh, managers, coaches mention that one ball all the time? I'm wondering. (laughs) I I was actually listening to that one moment, and and Alvarado will not let him. uh, Will not forgive him. No, no, unforgivable. All right, pitching rotation. Paulito, go. Uh, Just real quick, (laughs) Yaz is hitting 300 with uh, home run and spring training. Pitching. So we got Gosman, Kevin Gosman to be the opening day starter. Cueto. Cueto? Then, yep, Johnny Cueto. He's, he's, still, he's still cranking, <laughs> cranking them out? They're he's still got, paying he's a well, well-oiled <laughs> machine? <laughs> they got to oil them up, actually. Yeah. That's the only way they can get them out there. He's still for, working? <laughs> yeah, he's still there doing the shimmy. Okay. Uh, yeah, and uh, they, they they signed old and reliable, uh, old and reliable veteran, good old man. Veteran. This is last year though. This is good, last year. Right. Good old million dollar veteran. Then they signed uh, Anthony Di Sclafani, who should be a you know mainstay in the rotation. They got Alex Wood from the Dodgers, another left-hander, and then um, Alan Sanchez. To be, he, he's uh, not really had a consistent career, but he had a good year a couple years ago. So he fits right in that Farhan, uh, or it's Aaron Sanchez. He has that Farhan Zaidi type makeup where he had a good year a couple years ago, down year last year. Let's 
sign him and see if he can be really good because he throws really hard and that's what they want to see in their pitching staff is hard throwers where, where does logan webb play into this i think he's if sanchez isn't ready which he might not be because he hasn't actually had a start in spring i think logan webb will be the fifth starter to start the season otherwise he'll be in triple a they actually won't need a fifth starter until like a couple weeks into the season so maybe they can get around it that way but logan webb should be a, i think a big part of the team just a matter of what spot he's going to be in mm-hmm. and kruko really likes logan webb he's always raving about him and because he has a hard sinker and he's all about getting ground balls mm-hmm. and get double plays right so that's that's Logan Webb's attribute. And there's still Tyler Beatty. He's hanging oh, yeah. around waiting to get back from Tommy John surgery, maybe in May or June. So they like to stack up the starters and have a you know more depth. The bullpen is completely up for grabs. It could, I, I can't even get into who it might be or like the solid like they'll go with eight relievers it seems like but it's really hard to tell who's gonna actually make the roster but remind me the bullpen was one of their strengths last season i thought yeah right. they had a good pretty solid bullpen except for closer yes <laughs> what about That's uh what cost them the playoff spot uh, how how's reyes roranta is he back he's he's back he just hasn't pitched that much yet so he might not be ready for the Mm. opening of the season but yeah they really want him to be a big part of it this year well remind me what who if you off the top of your head who is the core of that bullpen last year (laughs) well Uh, trevor got was the the closer who gave up you remember those well not uh, i I know coonrad had a thing to do with that too yeah, they got rid of him. He blew that game the last yeah. weekend against the Padres, so he's not there. Some debate that was politically motivated because he didn't believe in the whole Black Lives Matter thing. So, But he's not there anymore, so that's all gone. Uh, they also traded away Sean Anderson. But Tyler Rogers was the key part of that bullpen. He's back. Gabe Kapler really likes using him a lot. So those are the main guys from last year. They had Wandy Watson. Peralta. He's not there. He's not uh, so there. what happened with Watson? That's they didn't bring him back. Oh. He was yeah. That so his contract ran up and they didn't re-sign him. Well, did but, he have any? I mean, I know he had some hiccups, but I don't think he had some major gaffes. No, he was one of their more dependable relievers. He just for whatever reason they don't want to bring him back. They have a lot of other hard throwers so that's what you're gonna see out of this giants bullpen is a lot of 95 plus mile an hour fastballs like all these other teams have i hear matt was it weisler weisler he's got a pretty good Whistler. solid whistler he's got a good solid uh slider he can throw that 85 percent of the time mm-hmm. he should be uh he might be one of their like opener options too mm-hmm. so he, yeah he's gonna be a big part of the the bullpen definitely on the roster Jake McGee, they got from the they signed from the Dodgers. Uh, he's probably going to be their closer, and he throws close to 100 miles an hour. Nice, and that's pretty much all he throws are fastballs. Get some <laughs> Nothing heat. Else. Throw some heat. Well, I mean, that's how all the other bullpens in in the league are. I mean, or in both leagues, right? It, it's just hard throwers, and whoever has a hundred mile power, two of them, three of them, that's the best thing we can do. 
There's no more Javi Lopez's out there no. going 80 mile an hour batting practice. Or, or, or Sergio Ro- Sergio's Romo. there. He's on the A's. I'm here. He's still there. He's, he's still throwing I'm frisbees. Here. Oh, yeah. Alvarado, explain your little Romo moment. I was roaming around Scottsdale Stadium, and one of the employees said, Hey, Sergio Romo, you back? <laughs> Sport. You do have a similar looking beard, but yours is way more scraggly. Had I been white, they probably would not have made that remark. Uh, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> <laughs> had you had been Hunter Pence, they would not have confused you no. because he's got a beard too. And yeah. so if well, I were, actually Romo doesn't have crazy hair. So if I were white, they'd say, "Hey, Hunter Pence, you're back." <laughs> okay. So, but yeah. I actually like the Giants bullpen because they they do have some different looks, like the you know Fis- Whistler, like you mentioned, with his slider, and then Tyler Rogers with his submarine style. So they'll have heat throwers for the most part, but they also can mix it up a little bit. And they have a lot of left-handed relievers that they can throw at you. Remember Caleb Berriger? He was a nice surprise yeah. last year, and I hope they have him on the roster, but. We'll see who shakes out as the final eight. (laughs) So what do you think are the top things to look for this season that you're interested in? Or what's the top thing? For me, it was just pitching. Pitching is like the legendary Connie Mack would say, 75% of baseball. Um, Finding a a good closer, that'd be nice. Um, I think offensive or pretty good we got a good lineup and just the bullpen it's my concern I'd like to see some solid consistent pitching yeah i think alvarado's kind of pointing to it since their strength was their bullpen last year seems like they're introducing a lot of uncertainty right now so that's probably why they're kind of lower on the rankings there starting pitching still a lot of uncertainty i think so another reason why they're not really looking to make the playoffs or not projected. I think their offense is is pretty stable. It's not really going to have a lot of highlight reels, but I'm interested in how Yaz is going to do because he really anchored, has been anchoring them the past two, three, is it two seasons at least? Definitely. He's their big star, rising star right now. And can he keep that up? And same with Solano. Alvaro mentioned same with Solano. He's been very consistent too. Uh, can he keep that up? Uh, doesn't I don't think that whole arbitration thing will hold him up in, in his head or whatever, but you know, baseball is all about being consistent. I guess another concern is, well, it seems like the Giants are still in rebuild mode and they're trying to establish a solid team so that maybe two to three years down the line, they'll have a potential World Series or even just playoff series. <clears throat> they have definitely have a lot of prospects that you're hearing about in yeah. spring training that... Like Elliot Ramos might even come up this year and be a part of that outfield that we talked about. Some people think he could come up and actually be rookie of the year. Hmm. Like he's that good. So they they have a lot of young players that are ready to come up soon. Not this year so much, but in two, three years. So you got, there's others I wrote down. There's uh, Luciano, Hunter Bishop, Seth Corey, Patrick Bailey. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget Joey Bart's there. Joey too. Bart, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're they have definitely have a lot of position players that people are excited about. Um, my biggest key. So you mentioned a, a couple of them, like Yaz, and then of course you know, will they find a reliable closer? That's a big key. 
the, to me, the, the biggest takeaway this year is will this be the last season for the remaining champions on the team? Because it's it's really Posey, Belt, and Crawford, and this is their last year under contract for all of them. So really soak it in this year because it, it could be the last time that you really get to watch them play on a consistent basis. Um, it's hard to imagine Posey not even being on the team. So this could be his last year. I'm hoping he has a really good season and entices the team. They won't pick up their team option on him because it's going to be way expensive, but hopefully they can agree to something for the year or two after. But this is going to be their last chance together. And after that, there's no more championship blood within the team other than Ron Woods, who's the coach. Which raises the age-old philosophical question or paradox of the ship of Theseus. Will the Giants continue to be the Giants without Posey, Crawford, and Belt? Uh, Yes, they will. As long as it's the San Francisco Giants, yes. In name only. To a different city, that's another question. In name only, but in spirit. Do they lose well, the essence of the Giants that we grew up knowing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there have been different iterations that we followed. Like they had Barry Bonds, they had Jeff Kent, JT Snow, Richard Aurelia, Sean Estes, all these players from way back when. John Burkett, Bill Swift, Scott yes. Beck. I remember. They all came and gone. They all came and went, and and they're they're still Giants. I remember back in Ott two the last time Barry Bonds made the World Series and eventually they transitioned to have Lindsay come and Posey and went on to win the three world championships but without Bochy and you got that Kepler guy I don't know if the Giants will continue to be the San Francisco Giants definitely going to be a transition especially for fans who this is what they've known as the the World Series years. That's going to be the toughest thing, I think, is, is for, for those fans because they don't know a time before that. So it's going to be a challenge to move on to a new set of players and it re, kind of, re, like you said, rebuild, restart. We've had to do it so many times before, but I think this will be like the fourth cycle that at least I know Steve Ocrates and I have gone through with going through these transitions this is gonna be the toughest one because it's the ones that actually won it all and you know we've already lost most of the team so at this point we're just holding on to posey belt and crawford it will be a sad day yes three old men riding off so, into retirement sunset on their white horse so what's your win prediction win total prediction for 100 this games all right 100 games, 100 even. $5. Uh, I'll go with 500. Is it 81? 81, okay. Uh, I I actually think they'll go above 500. I'm going to go with 85 wins. 85. I think they're going to really pick up a lot of wins against the Rockies and Diamondbacks. And they'll play the Dodgers and Padres tough because they always do. So I think the Giants are good for 85 wins. And maybe they can, if they get expanded playoffs, they can make it. But we'll see about that. Well, the expanded playoffs, that decision was already made? or 
or you think it's been made but there's still a chance like you can make a decision up until opening day like they did last year oh right but not likely that's it all right any other thoughts sounds good Uh, i don't think i think you nailed all the uh concerns and questions i had steve ocrates you no i i think that was a real thorough comprehensive analysis or rundown i think i'm really bummed about this modified baseball though <laughs> I have to know. test it out. Get some know. baseballs and try to hit them and see which how far it goes. Yeah, I think Al- Alvarado should plan a trip to Costa Rica and I'll, look at these machines. I want to hit are building these baseballs. I want to hit the one pre-coronavirus and then post-coronavirus <laughs> and notice the difference. You know, like have Barry Bonds hit him and see the outcome. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> bonds test. H- higher bonds. <laughs> And I think we should definitely send in a cutout of one of us doing a yawn so that <laughs> Kruko could do his Tarzan impressions. Uh, but no yet. no cutouts, right? Or No. No more cutouts? Even one fan, they're not going to do cutouts. Oh, so, oh that sucks. <laughs> I kind of like the and, cutouts. And we still have Kruko, Fleming, Miller. And they're yeah, still they're, they're all back. But we just heard, I guess, Amy G's not going to be be there she's gonna be doing some media other work. work okay that's too bad crook type miller they're all fully vaccinated all dave right. fleming's not because he's too young but everybody else <laughs> they're, is they're all yeah. over the age huh <laughs> <laughs> so are they gonna be very distant to fleming well they're all well, probably have to keep him separate I mean, yeah. they, they follow all the same safety protocols last year. But they won't they in, be traveling, I, I know that. They're announcing from Oracle, I guess, or where, where were they announcing it? Yeah, yeah so. from Oracle Park, like Alvarado right now. Yeah. Yeah, up on the very the high point of the stadium. <laughs> got the nose nosebleeds, extra oh. nosebleeds. All right, this is ASP Stuff Radio. We are all stuffed up with the stuff that baseballs are made of. Yarn, twine, and cowhide. <laughs> and cork. And cork. Cowhide. That's right. Is it still cowhide that they use?